Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from John chapter 18, verses 12 through 27. During the season of Lent, these six weeks that we have been preparing ourselves to celebrate Easter, we have been pausing and reading stories from several moments of the last few days of Jesus' life. Last week, we read the story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples on the night that he was betrayed. This morning, we come to the story of Jesus' arrest and then Peter, his disciples' subsequent denial of Jesus. So hear this word of the Lord as it comes to us through his servant John. So the soldiers, their officer, and the police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, But Peter was standing outside at the gate. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. And they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Inside, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temples where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. And when he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is this how you answer a high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, and they asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. Then one of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The disciples had gathered with their master for the Passover in Jerusalem. The Passover is a festival commemorating how God delivered the people from slavery in Egypt and how through the sacrifice of a perfect lamb, he had saved them all from certain death. As they sat around the table that evening, sharing the story of their faith, a story from what we know as the Exodus, Jesus interrupts the meal and says, one of you will betray me. The table erupts with conversation and with people saying they would never do that. How could Jesus say such a thing? Jesus gets up and begins to leave the table, and Simon Peter, whom everyone had called the rock, stands up and declares, I will lay down my life for you. To which Jesus turns and says cryptically, Truly I tell you, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Later they are leaving dinner and walking to the Mount of Olives, to a familiar garden where Jesus and the disciples had prayed often. I imagine that the walk was full of awkward silence as the disciples tried to make sense of what Jesus had said, as Peter wrestled with this word from Jesus that he would deny him. When they finally get to the garden, there they pray, and I imagine Peter prayed deeply about what all of this meant. He perhaps didn't even realize how much time had passed when he began to hear the sound of footsteps approaching their garden. The sound of soldiers marching in step, swords and spears clanging against shields, and even through the trees, the flicker of torchlight as a group was certainly approaching them. In the dim light and in the torches, perhaps he even caught a glimpse at a distance of a face that he knew, a familiar friend, one he had even called a brother, who apparently now was leading a group to arrest, perhaps Jesus, perhaps all of them. What happened next was a bit of a blur in Peter's mind. Some words exchanged between Jesus and the soldiers. Peter, perhaps confident that he would never betray Jesus, wanting to show how much he loved and served his Lord, drew a sword, cut off the ear of the guy nearest him, and then heard the words of Jesus, put up your sword, my hour is at hand. The soldiers and the mob leave the rest of the disciples begin to flee into the night, and Peter and one other disciple follow at a distance into the darkness. 
follow them all the way to Annas' house, where it is clear to them at that point that this is not a random arrest. This is a predetermined event. A trial ensues that clearly already has an outcome determined. There are voices from inside the high priest's house debating and arguing, and there's Peter outside. Now, the other disciple kind of sneaks them past the doorkeeper. And the doorkeeper kind of notices Peter and says, Are you one of his disciples? To which Peter says, I'm not. Now, at this point, we have to assume that we would do the same thing, right? That Peter's just telling a little white lie so that he can stay close to Jesus in the event that Jesus needs him again. This is not a true denial. It's simply an omission of fact so that he can stay close to his Lord. Surely Jesus would understand. There in the courtyard is a charcoal fire. It's a cold night. And some of the other servants of some of the other powerful men who have gathered that night are there in the courtyard, and there the fire is lit, and Peter kind of shuffles up beside the fire to keep warm and perhaps to try to keep an ear on what's going on inside. And as the interrogation of Jesus continues inside, an interrogation of Peter begins outside. As one of the servants approaches Peter and says, aren't you one of his disciples? Peter quickly says, I am not. A few more agonizing minutes go by, and then another servant arrives. In fact, John tells us it was his cousin whom Peter attacked back in the garden. And Peter is nervous because this guy recognizes him. He walks up to Peter and says, Weren't you in the garden? And now Peter knows his fate will surely be the same as Jesus. Unless he says no. Denies that he was there that night. Denies knowing him. Denies being his disciple. The way that John tells this final word from Peter is that Peter doesn't even get a chance to say it. As soon as he begins to speak the words, off in the distance, a cock crows. And the memory of Jesus' words come crashing into Peter's mind. This is a denial of a very different sort. Again, the first one we could understand. He's simply trying to sneak in to stay close to Jesus. But then when it becomes a matter of possible life and death, Peter can't even find the words. 
With each denial, Simon Peter moves further away from the light and back into the darkness of that night. Now it's easy to judge Peter from the comfort of our well-lit sanctuary 2,000 years later. But I must confess that I might have done the exact same thing. Because it's dangerous in the light. In the light, people can see clearly who you are. In the light, they can get a good look at your face and recognize perhaps what you've done. In the dark, we can hide. In the dark, we can pretend. See, in the light, all of our faults and sins are exposed, but in the dark, we can hide our secrets. In the light, we are expected to speak boldly, but in the dark, we can mumble our denials. The light can lead us into places we don't want to go, but the dark is a place where we can hide forever. And during the season of Lent, we intentionally and purposefully reflect on the darkness of our sin. We admit that in the dark we often stumble like Peter. We can find ourselves deceiving, delaying, even denying. We can push back away from the fire and slink back into the night. Because we can very easily believe the lie that darkness is stronger than light and that this night will never end. But I have some good news for Peter. And perhaps good news for each of us. Because this is not the end of Peter's story, nor is it the end of our story. And while I know it may be a bit of a spoiler alert, I just have to tell you this. The darkness of Friday gives way to the light of Sunday morning. The darkness of the tomb is overcome by light in resurrection. And a few chapters later, John will tell us a beautiful story. A story that takes place the day after Jesus' resurrection, where he meets the disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. The disciples had been fishing all night, and just as the sun begins to rise over the horizon, they spot Jesus on the shore. They make their way in and find out that Jesus has already built a little charcoal fire and tells them he's decided to cook them breakfast. I imagine as Peter sits by that fire watching his master prepare the meal, I can't help but think that Peter thinks of the last time he sat by a charcoal fire just a few days earlier, remembering his failure, remembering his denial, perhaps with tears in his eyes. And his stare is broken when Jesus asks, Simon, do you love me? To which Peter finally says, yes, Lord. 
you know I love you. And there, like the sunrise, the darkness of Peter's denial is cleared away in the light of Jesus' forgiveness. That's the good news. The good news is not that we never make a mistake. The good news is that the mistake doesn't have to define us forever. For Peter, even denying Jesus is not the last word. As we are called to gather around this table, we confess our sin and we hear the good news that we are forgiven. We are called out of our darkness to walk in the new light of Jesus. You know, years later, after these events, Peter will write in a very small letter that we often neglect. He'll write a few words of encouragement shortly before his own crucifixion. Peter will write these words. Come to him. Come to him, for you are God's own people. Come in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Peter knew that personally. You too can know that as well to be called out of the darkness of your sin and into the marvelous light of new and everlasting life in Jesus. Come, gather around the fire, feel the warmth, taste the bread, and rejoice that you too are forgiven. Amen.